everybody, and welcome to another amazing episode of The Joy of Being, where I, your host, mum and effortless lifestyle coach, Rena Pearson, talk to transformational professionals, business owners and creatives about unplugging from the worries and stresses of life to light up with insight and joy. So I'm super excited, as I always am every week, but that is so true, to invite Kate Gary on today. Now, Kate Gary helps business owners tap into their best, most creative work by stretching their business and life in a way that creates so much more abundant space that their ideas can't help but sprout and grow. She works with her clients to make more money while working less and staying true to their real dreams. Featured in the BBC News, The Telegraph, and The Daily Express as a coach and business expert, Kate regularly speaks across the UK and internationally about how to transform your business by focusing on the things that really bring you the most joy. She has worked as a stage manager in a professional theatre, lived and worked in a meditation centre for over seven years, and now facilitates global retreats and coaching programs, supporting business owners, bringing the best of themselves to their work. Having transformed her own business from working regular 18-hour days and surviving on four hours sleep per night to a joyful, spacious six to eight hours a week schedule, Kate firmly believes that the only thing keeping you from not working all hours of the day is a decision to find another way. And on a personal note, she is an amazing woman that I now can be really blessed to call a friend. And this conversation is really close to my own heart, having also worked for 18-hour days uh, years ago. And now reducing my working hours to about four or five a week. I'm super excited to be talking about this and how it's actually possible for you to make this happen for yourself, even if you're running a big business. So in this episode, we talk about how to have the real four-hour work week, regardless of where you are in a business. But also we talk about our journeys with it and what's really made a difference and what we can do to just really enjoy our lives and have a business that juices us up. So if you're working all hours underneath the sun and feel like you just can't get off, then this podcast is going to be a big eye-opener for you today. Hope you enjoy it. Welcome to another incredible episode of the Joy of Being podcast. And as I've already mentioned, I have the amazing Kate Gary uh, here today. And Hello. today we're going to be talking about the, four, the real four-hour work week, not the one that you might have read by Tim Ferriss, but the one that we will be talking about and how listening to your gut will save you hours and hours and hours of work to help you just really enjoy your life and do what you want to do in the way that you want to do it. So welcome, Kate. It's really fun and amazing to have you here. And I'm really looking forward to interviewing you because I'm so curious about your four-hour work week because I'm assu- I know for a fact, not that I'm assuming <laughs> anything, that you have a four-hour work week. So I would love to know a little bit more about your journey to this four-hour work week because I know that it wasn't always that way. And I'm... Um, for our listeners who are mums, women, entrepreneurs in business who find it really struggling to find time, I think this is going to be an invaluable podcast for them. So yeah, what has been your journey, my love? <laughs> Hello. Well, thank you for having me here, Marina. It's a true joy to be on this podcast. Thank you for inviting me. You're absolutely right. It hasn't always been this way. I would describe myself as a classic type A achiever. 
That's the title often used, isn't it? Go get and don't stop working till it's done. I'm somebody that grew up very much around long, long, long hours. So in an absolute nutshell, right from a very early age, I trained as a swimmer. I was in the swimming pool at 5.30 every morning. I'd then go to school, I'd go back home, have tea, go back in the pool. And so when I wrote my essays, when it came to kind of senior school time, was through the middle of the night and I'd go to bed about 1am and then I'd get up and get in the pool again. So I was swimming up to 10 times a week during um, real deep, heavy training season. So I think right from an early age, I discovered and believed that if you wanted to get stuff done, if you wanted to cause results equals you have to work really, really hard and you have to put the hours in. Fast forward quite a few years past doing my degree. I did a degree in stage management in theatre, started working in the theatre. And if you think about it, when a theatre shows, well, they're every single night. And the stage manager is the person in theatre that everybody's asking, I need this, I need that, or help, the set's falling down, help, my wig is falling off. They're the person that every single person comes to, often in quite a state of panic. And I know if you're listening to this podcast and you're working and you are like me at that time, like working all hours of the day, and maybe you're in a position of responsibility and it always feels like the buck stops with you. That was how it felt as a stage manager. So every single night we'd finish the show 10, 10 10.30, but then you have to clear up. So we weren't leaving at 10.30. I was often leaving at 11, 11.30 midnight. Now, the other crazy thing I was doing at that time was living and working in a meditation center. And I lived and worked there for seven years. And every single morning, this was the routine. An alarm clock would go off at 3.45 a.m. And we would meditate from 4 a.m. until 4.45 a.m. At which point I'd then cook for the day usually. And then we'd open up the doors at 6 a.m. And people would arrive for a public early morning class. And then about 8.30 they'd go and I'd cycle off to work to the Welsh National Opera where I worked as an assistant stage manager at the time. And then my day would start at work. I'd kind of call it my second job. And then, you know, I'd, I'd do the work and work in the theatre. So you've probably already worked out that equals not very much sleep. Now, I learned some good techniques about how to get by on little sleep. I'm actually not going to talk about those right now. I know some of you listening might be like, please, please give us some some things. Because the truth, Marina, is I did that for a number of years. My type A achiever was like, I can do this. I can do this. And quite frankly, when I finally left living in the meditation center, I burnt out. Now, meditation is a fantastic tool and I was able to use it. And that was a huge part, I think, of how I was able to work those crazy hours. But actually going without that much sleep for over a long period of time and really, truly not looking after my body and after what it needed, the impact was I did burn out. I actually got bronchitis for a protracted period of almost two to three, or it was nearly three months where I was flat on my back on the sofa and couldn't do very much, which for a type A achiever wasn't fun at all. Um, So... I left theatre, I left um, the meditation centre and ultimately I set up my own business. Well, guess what? As some of you listening to this right now will probably be nodding your heads and agreeing. I took all those things I'd learned, work long hours, must, you know, be under lots of pressure all the time, mainly from myself into my business. And Marina, I worked regularly and I'm not exaggerating when I say this, 16 to 18 hour days. I remember one example very, very clearly My ex-husband, I'm divorced, and actually I've just got married again, which is very exciting. Congratulations. Um, Thank you very much. Um, My ex-husband was not a type A achiever. He worked at the council. He quite frankly didn't really understand 
me even starting my own business. He, he was very clear he never wanted to be an entrepreneur at all. Um, and a lovely, lovely, lovely man. And actually was very, very supportive. But I remember this very, very clearly. There I was at about 10 o'clock at night, frantically typing away, trying to get marketing stuff done. I don't know, my inbox was overflowing, all of that stuff that goes along with starting your own business. And he wanted to spend time with me. So what he did, he also wanted to go to bed because he was really tired. <laughs> he got his pillow. And I mean, it's sad really talking about this, but he got his pillow. He went and got the spare duvet from the spare room and he set up under my desk. <laughs> no, I know. It's funny. Like we could laugh at that. And I have laughed at that. And even at the time I was like, what? Oh my gosh. Like, what are you doing under my desk? <laughs> But the thing is, like, it's sad too, because here's this man who really loves me, really cares about me, mm. can see I'm not going to stop working. And you sometimes I joke, I sometimes put this in marketing or maybe when I'm talking to clients, but it's like sometimes our husbands, partners, children, if we, I don't have children personally, I work with mums though who do have children, you know, end up having more of a relationship with the back of our head lit up by a computer screen than they do with us actually in person being really, really present. Mm. And so that's why I say, like, I re that really stands out for me. That incident and another one that happened quite regularly was eventually he would go to bed. I mean, he did sleep. It, that happened more than once where he did that under the desk. And it's like, when he oh. started kicking him underneath the table because he was snoring. <laughs> no, I didn't do that. <laughs> I was really trying to avoid, I was like, oh my God, he must at least sleep. And I was trying to type really quietly. And then the other thing that used to happen was our bedroom was right next to this tiny office. <laughs> so eventually he'd go to bed. And then I would hear about 3am. And I'm really not joking when I say that. I'm not exaggerating. It really was, you know, regularly, regularly, regularly 3am in the morning. And I would hear this knock like on the wall that joined the office to the bedroom. And this disembodied voice would go, are you coming to bed yet? And Marina, you know what I'd do? I'd feel like, oh, oh no, I've woken him up. That's what I'd first feel. And then I would type quieter and I would make sure I didn't do any printing. Like that was my strategy about that. And usually about two hours later, I'd crawl into bed feeling quite frankly, really terrible that I'd woken him up or I was about to wake him up. And the amazing thing about Nathan, my ex-husband, was the first thing he would do every time I did that was give me a massive hug. And I really don't know that I could have been so generous. I really, like, it, it almost made me cry every time that happened because I'd feel so bad that I, you know, might be disrupting his sleep or whatever. But I'd still, I'd get up two and a half hours later and I'd just sit and start again. I mean, I, you know, in my pyjamas, didn't, like, the loo luckily was next door to the office. So I did make it to the bathroom. Didn't go downstairs, didn't make a cup of tea. Nathan would ring me up at midday and say, have you had a cup of tea yet? Have you been outside yet? And I'd be like, no, just been working. I mean, it sounds, I don't know if it sounds extreme. I'm guessing some people listening to this right now, you might be the same. It's, if you're running your own business, it just took over. I was so on a mission and I just didn't look after myself at all. So there you go. That's the past, Marina. It has not definitely always been ease and joy and freedom and all that good stuff. <laughs> no, and it's important to sort of, talk about that too because yeah. you know with most of the people that I've been interviewing we've been through something and we're now not necessarily no longer in it yeah but with some of us especially women actually these conversations are very have rung very true is well especially for me I used to have a very similar life with the 
Mm. That's almost parallel. Although my mm. ex didn't actually sleep underneath the bed, but he was just as nuts <laughs> as me. So he wouldn't sleep much either. Wow. Yeah. So you can imagine that the sort of, it, it did, it did have an impact on the relationship over time. Absolutely. Absolutely. I know for me, that was a, it was one of the big reasons there were other reasons too. We were together 10 years in total, married for five. It was a huge reason why we just were going in completely different directions. It causes a lot of stress, doesn't it? I mean, apart from the fact you're not sleeping very much and not eating and all that physically doesn't put you at your optimum, I would say. But just that whole, it was definitely, it definitely created a lot of tension. Well, what I found is stress in and of itself was, was being created by both of us. So mm-hmm. internally, because we were so frazzled. What I got to see was that being present to the other person now became slightly more challenging or more difficult because then we never really gave each other enough time. So to give you an example, I remember we, we used to have this diary that, that we both had and we shared, and it would be like, what you're up to, what I'm up to. So we knew where, where each other was at. Mm-hmm. And suddenly it dawned on me one day, it was like, there's no we time. There's what wow. you're doing. There's what I'm doing so that we can coordinate with, with our wow. son. Yeah. There's no what we're doing. It just hit me like a ton of bricks. That's and it huge. was like, oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. We were so busy being busy in our lives. Yes. That the one area that needed the most attention yeah. was the relationship. And we just... Yeah weren't giving it the time and space that it needed. So what happened? What, what was the realization? What was the aha moment that you went, oh my God, this really needs to change? I think I burnt out for a second time. That happened. And I just knew something had to change at that point, Marina. I didn't have a clue what, because quite frankly, all I knew was if I want to cause results, I should work hard. Like you just apply yourself, right? It's that whole British, pull up your socks, come on, apply yourself, keep going. Yeah, 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 totally. And the voices in our own heads, you know, it's enough that maybe out in the world, that well, there is, there's a 24-7 hour culture out there for sure. And there is the expectation of, you know, you stay behind at work. If there's a job to be done, you, you do that. And all of that kind of culture piece of it. But actually in our own heads, there's a real, for me certainly, there's a real, real critic who, if I appeared to be slacking off or not applying myself, I mean, I've heard people say this, it's like you start your own business and you end up working for the most loony boss in the whole wide world, right? Hello, over here, loony boss extraordinaire, (laughs) who really expects things that you would never expect an employee to do. And probably, true for me in my case, for sure, is not paying you. (laughs) It's like, wow, like that's a whole combination. So what really shifted was burning out for the second time. It was very, very clear something had to shift, something had to change. And I think there were a few things over over a period of time. It took truly the work that it took was reprogramming all of those inner beliefs, all of that, that inner critic and that way of looking at life. And it took unpicking that. And I say that not to make it sound like it's really hard work or, oh my gosh, it must have to take ages. Because I think when we're clear and we actually decide something needs to change, things do show up that are the right thing to help us. Does that make sense? Mm. You know what I mean? 
Whereas when we're more committed to, no, no, I must just keep going, like I was all those years in the theatre and the meditation centre and then starting my own business, we don't even see the opportunities that are around us to change because we're just on this kind of tunnel of, I must do it this way. So I really realised, I looked around and I, I had a lot of examples of people that were doing what I was doing, quite frankly. I mean, you go to networking meetings, I don't if you're listening to this and you are an entrepreneur, I'm sure you'll nod and I feel familiar around this. You go and other people are also experiencing this. Oh my gosh, the work never seems to end. Oh, my inbox is completely overflowing. Oh my gosh, there's so many demands on my time. Oh my gosh, this amazing new program has come up. I must do this. And if you're at work and actually, you know, in employment right now, the same can be true in a workplace. We've got to get this project done. It's like super important. This is the only thing that matters. And even if you're not at work and you're a mum, I mean, that's like the most multi-juggling, really, you're a mum. I mean, you know, this. it's like, let alone whether you do any work or not. I have two nephews scheduling them, like looking after their needs. Or it's just, it never ends, does it? It never ends. Mm. So one of the biggest shifts for me, and this is also something I, I started teaching my clients, I still teach my clients, is before the shift, before the change, my focus was on getting stuff done. And I really, truly believed if I apply myself, I can get things done. And sometimes people would say, well, your list, Kate, I'm guessing if you're listening to this, you might possibly be also like me, endless lists. Like people say, brain dump all the things you need to do out of your head. I'm like, how long have you got? Do you want 10 sheets of paper? Because I could probably still keep going. My focus was on get that list done. And even though other people might look at that list and go, well, that's impossible. You'll never do that. The type A in me would go, sure, for normal people, that would be impossible to do. But for me, I can just keep going because I'm somehow a superwoman and I can do this. <laughs> so I'd nod and go, okay, I'll take it a bit easier. But inside that fire would be, I can still get this done. So the shift was from trying to get things done. Now here's the truth. It isn't actually possible. And I tell you why, this is coming from a type A achiever over recovering workaholic, as it were. Because I know whenever anybody any would you say that to me, I'd be like, no, no, no. But for you, maybe that's true. But for me, I can get it done. It's just this weird thing inside. The truth is, if you're running a business, there's always going to be stuff to do. You actually don't want the emails to stop. I know sometimes at midnight, you do want the emails to stop. But actually, emails coming in mean people are in communication with you. The phone ringing means people are in communication with you. The same is true if you're in work. There will be things to do. As a mum, you know, the kids are always going to need stuff. So being on the mission of trying to get it all done and trying to get it all completed is like a road to nowhere, really. Sure, it can feel amazingly satisfying when you actually finish something. I do get that. And yes, there's also, you know, we get a, a hit. It's like literally a chemical hit in our body of achievement and, you know, dopamine of, woo, I finished it. Yeah, it's kind of like a high and we can actually get addicted to that too, that achievement kind of high. But it never stops. It never stops. So the shift here really was from trying to get everything done, always trying to get everything done. Oh my gosh, I run, 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 to saying, hang on a minute. This is my business. Where do I want to focus my time? All of that stuff is still going to come in. But do I want to split myself in a million different ways and just have my mission be, I need to get that stuff done? Or can I find a way now where actually I say, look, this is my business. This is how I want to do things. And be really, really clear about like that. There's a whole topic in there, Marina. And can I be okay 
with things being left undone. <laughs> and I get like listening if you're listening to this podcast right now you might well feel like I did when I first even had that minor thought come in my like tiny tiny in my head I was like oh it's horrific like that's just anathema I can't not get stuff done what ah what do you mean let well, it's gonna fall apart right <laughs> So there's a, there's a whole conversation that I'm sure we can talk a bit more about that, but it, it, doing it the first way will drive you into the ground. It may already be driving you into the ground. If you're listening to this podcast right now, it, you know, your health will suffer, relationship cracks start appearing. You beat yourself up if you're a mom because you're not spending the time you want to with your children, or at least you want to be present with them, but you seem to always just be nagging them or shouting at them or whatever it is. And the results aren't coming in. Like that was the other crazy thing for me in my business, Marina. I was working all these hours. Wouldn't that be fantastic if I could sit here and go, and you know what? I was making multi-six figures. It was fantastic. Okay. <laughs> I just want to use that really British word, bollocks it was. Like the money was not coming in. I was probably, I think around that time, I was bringing in, if I was lucky, like 30K which for some people listening might be, oh, well, that's okay, you know, but I, the hour, if you divide that, like, back to this loony boss thing and how much the employee was being paid, I wasn't. It was crazy, really, really crazy. So I can't sit here and say, yes, all that hard work really paid off, didn't it? The truth is the less I've worked, i.e., the more I've allowed things and things that other people say are really important to be undone, the more money I've made. And that's so like my old, old Kate, like that would have just been a total head spin. Like what? That doesn't, I can't compute that. And yet it really has been my experience. And when I say things, other people say are important. So right now I don't have a website. It's a holding page. You can pop on there, see a picture of me and sign up for a newsletter or to connect fine that's there um i don't have a social media campaign marketing structure um i do have a business card i rarely take it to business networking meetings with me i don't put other stuff people oh, have funnels and all that kind of stuff in my business i just at the moment i might choose to do that in the future but instead i choose to focus on what's actually going to make a difference to the results i really want to cause and for me and my business, that is, from a business owner perspective, what do I need to do to bring in sales, i.e. create cash in the business? Because that's the lifeblood of the business, if you like. But truly bigger than that, it's what do I need to do to be of best service to the clients I serve? And actually, that does include looking after myself. A lot of the coaching work I do some of it is very practical. I will bring in my stage management side. You know, how do we get this project from here to here in a certain time period and have people pay for it at the end or all of that kind of stuff? Some of it is really deeply intuitive. And if I'm frazzled, haven't slept, haven't eaten right, haven't exercised, haven't done the things to look after myself, haven't given myself space to do nothing sometimes. And Marina, that was a whole learning journey. I Oh, um, no, I know that. I've got something to say about that in a second. <laughs> right, great. <laughs> it's like, you know, I can't do my work well. And actually that doesn't serve my clients well. Mm. I only work now with a handful of clients at any one time. I, 
four has been my number up until very recently. It's just recently gone to six. I work with my partner, Chris, um, my husband, Chris, now I should say. We coach a couple of clients together. But I really set my work week so that it actually really works for me. And old Kate would have told you that was really selfish. Truly, old Kate would have said, you have to work when your clients want you to work. Old Kate would have, well, she did. She used to set her schedule so that, you know, if a client in America, and I was in the UK at the time, wanted to talk to me in, you know, I'd work in the evening. I don't do that now. I'm not at my best. Mm. I've recently set a rule where I don't take any calls before 11 a.m. in the morning, my time. And I work with clients across the world. I have clients, I don't know, six time zones. Probably I've just discovered Arizona don't change their clock. So I've got (laughs) working out the time zones there too. But, you know, clients who are maybe eight hours different to the time zone I'm in. And the old part of my head, you know, would say, you can't do that, Kate. But the truth I've really realized is the clearer you are about really what works for you and actually get clear about setting those boundaries, it does work. It's amazing how it works. I can't exactly explain how it works, but it really, really does. Go on. Well, recently this has been happening to me and going from the sort of, you know, 18 hour days to Mm -hmm. working, well, I'm, I don't know, actually, maybe about three or four hours a day now. Right. Wow. I call this work, but it's not really. Yeah. I know. Things that need to just get done, you know, I, there are things that need to get done, like, you know, I own a house, so there's things that need to get paid, um, sure. there's my finances that I need to keep on track of and that sort of stuff. So there, there are things yeah. that need to get done. But what's been super interesting, and you know the story, Kate, was back in January where I was like, I'm done. I'm, you know, mm-hmm. but it was more about how does Marina want to do this? Yes, And what's been really fascinating and interesting has been me just enjoying and just enjoying. Like, you know, if I want to stay in bed one day, I will now. If I want to watch and binge watch The Good Wife, well, I'll do that too. If I want to make a bake cake, then I'll do that. I'm just experimenting. What does Marina want her life to look like? Yes. You know, because I was so indoctrinated in nine to five, nine to five, nine to five, nine to five. Well, that's just made up. I don't have to buy into that if I don't want to. So that was an interesting one where I was like, oh, I've just bought into this nine to five thing. Well, I don't need to do that actually, do I? And then what was interesting was um, last week, I went back onto LinkedIn. I hadn't been on social media for a while. Mm. And when people connect with me, I just usually go, yep, yep, yep. But then I write them a little message just to say, hey, sure." Why did you reach out? I'm curious. Just to get mm-hmm. to know people, really, because you never know. Exactly, yeah. And one lady came back to me and she said, oh, I'd really like you to write an article for our team on work-life balance. And I said, sure, okay, not a problem. And then I kind of left it for a couple of days and I forgot that I needed to get back to her about it. And I was like, oh, well, how many words do you need it to be? But on Thursday, I went back to that conversation on LinkedIn and I just said, well, how about they get an experience of me? Would that be something that might be cooler than just an article that they're reading? Hmm. And she said, sure. I said, well, do you want to jump on a call? So we jumped on a call. <laughs> I'm laughing because I couldn't have dreamed this up. And this is the point. Hmm. This is the point, which is I couldn't have even 
dream this up. Like mm. I've even got to see now when I dream things up that I'm limiting myself of what can actually really happen. Mm-hmm. So there am I having a conversation with it. It turns out the business, what they do is, is they supply advice for other businesses in India, small to medium sized businesses. And it turns out that she wants her team to stress less, but she also understands the power of the quiet mind. Mm. And the team is not 70% mums. Now, wow. <laughs> I work with mums in business. And I've just been curious about how it could be that I could work more leveraged. So rather than being on the computer all the time, how I could actually partner with people this year to work with them, mm. uh, with them and also their teams to quieten that mind so they can see clearly. And she really understood that. So now we're talking about them flying me over to India and doing a workshop. Oh, Marina, that's fantastic. <laughs> but that's yeah that's, yeah and you listened to what felt right for you the fact that all of that before the linkedin it was preceded by i'm gonna give myself permission to do what feels good yeah to sit and watch stuff on the couch if you wanted to or and then and then you got to a day where you're like well i feel like going back onto linkedin okay i'll just you didn't go on there with some big mission. Now I shall do LinkedIn and get it all perfect and right. <laughs> you just pinged a message back because it felt right, right? Yeah, it's so possible. And, and, you know, I then sort of messaged my mentor and said, you know, this is what's happened. Mm. And she goes, well, it seems perfectly normal to me because when you're being what you're sharing, yeah, that's how yes. people want that, right? Yes. So yes, yes, yes. And gosh, you can tell when people aren't right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we won't go into examples, but yes. <laughs> so my question is, like, let's mm. just say, for example, so you know, I've really seen the power of this. I've really seen the power of making space and listening, mm-hmm. and realizing that my strategy is to wait for the voice to tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, or to whatever occurs to me to do mm-hmm. and realizing that actually what I really want, how I really want my business to run is that people come to me mm-hmm. and that it's highly leveraged. So rather than coaching one person, I'm coaching a group. Yeah. That's what I really want. And that's what I want the business to look like. Mm. And it's changed over time because it would literally be running workshops promoting, 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 getting other people to come rather than like this. I mean, how easy was that? Like no marketing spend on that apart from the video that I paid for on the website Mm -hmm. and the little bit of time that I spoke to her. So for someone who is, let's say, isn't just a solopreneur Mm -hmm. who is running a business with, with clients and with team, like mm-hmm. you and I have said, okay, we would just want to work four hours a week, mm. six hours a week, whatever. Mm-hmm. How does that, because we work for ourselves. So yeah. in the sense that we can choose our hours, we don't necessarily have a big team of people that we work for, that work for us. And yeah. also, you know, someone that works in corporate that has to show up every day. So right. how, 
how does that work? Like, yeah. how, how does that work in the real world? Like for you, yeah, it good work because we really, have, yeah. really good question. I can almost hear it. Well, it's all right for you two. You're just yeah, doing yeah, your yeah, totally. <laughs> thing, totally. which is fine. I think the person that's pinged into my mind as, as you're asking that question, Marina, is a wonderful, wonderful client of mine. I've been working with her now for 18 months. And when she came to me, she was actually referred to me I didn't know at all, um, but she was referred from another client I'd worked with who had seen a massive, massive shift in how she was approaching her business. And this original client also had a team. She had a team, a small team of employees, but also a larger team. Then she hired freelancers to come and do some training work for her and that kind of thing. And so she referred this client I'm about to share about to me. And our first call, myself and this, this client I've been working with now for 18 months, was like this. I don't know who I am anymore. Mm-hmm. I've lost myself in my business. Um, this is a woman who's a CEO and managing director of a huge communications company. Their turnover, I, I'm trying to think what it was, around, so I'm kind of doing, not exact numbers, but around 300, sorry, 3 million pounds. <laughs> A bit of a difference. I know. I was trying. To, my head just went. Hang on. What are they doing now? What are they doing then? I was trying to remember. What but around three hundred, uh, three million. I've got the numbers wrong. Do you ever get a number dyslexia where your head just goes, "What are you talking about?" It was around three million pounds turnover. There you go. That's the truth. That when they, she came to me, so a not inconsiderable size business. You know, small medium enterprise, but but doing that very successful. This lady had actually increased their growth by sixty percent for the previous two years. Total type A, total achiever, very focused, very clear about the business. But the conversation we were having was, I've lost myself in the business. I don't know who I am outside work. I don't see friends. She's got two kids and a husband. Like if people ask me out, I don't know how to engage in small talk. Um, Not only that, she was also suffering health-wise. So, And I could hear it in her voice, Marina, when we were talking. Very, very driven. But there was this kind of scared almost like I don't know who I am and I, I've really lost that part of me and I, I need to find it again and and this other client had said I need to talk to you about it and in terms of her health I think the thing that stood out for me most she said she had hives which I'd never really come across before and I don't know if anybody listening has had it but she kind of joked that her kids could draw on her arm like with their finger and her skin would become raised and red like they and she was laughing about this, like it's funny. They can draw pictures on my arm, ha, ha, ha. But that's the body under such severe stress. And that, that was just one example of what was going on. There was a lot of other stuff that was going on too. Now, as I said, she's very, very driven. And we did. She, we started working together. We, sh- we said, well, let's, let's do a 12-month coaching agreement. And I asked her, as I ask all my clients, what really are her goals? Well, obviously, she wanted to find herself outside her business. And she was working 60 plus hour weeks, very much in the case of if anything needs doing, it's down to me. She did have a team. She had managers. She had a sales team. But really, she was still doing a lot of the work. The really clear example I'm going to give in this case is that what she said to me is, I've written my plan out because she had a really clear plan. So by 2020, I want to go down to one day in the business and I want to be doing something else. I don't know what that is yet, but I know that this isn't fulfilling me. I know that it isn't all I can be and all I can do. And that's a really common theme I hear a lot, Marina. You might hear that too. I don't know in your your work. 
So by 2020, I want to go down to one day a week. I have no idea how to do that. Please help me do that. So we looked at lots of things. We looked at practically who was doing stuff in the business, all of that thing. And there were lots of detail in there. But the main thing was she hated her work. Hmm. Like it was fine while she was enjoying it, but now she was giving 60 plus hours. She had um, a watch that used to beep every time an email came in and she wouldn't take it off at night. So she said, oh, it's all right. I sleep through that now. Yes. But her body's still getting that vibration, you know, that beep and that vibration. So even if she didn't wake up, her sleep was interrupted. She'd wake up in the middle of the night. I need to do all this stuff. She had a notebook by the bed. I know I used to do that too. You know, write loads of stuff, try and go back to sleep. So by 2020, I want to go down to one day a week in the business and I want to be doing something else. At the time of recording this, we're in 2018 right now, Marina, and we started working together in... August 20, hang on, two years ago is 16, isn't it? 2016, yeah, year, year and a half, something like that. By April 2017, she'd gone down to a day a week in her business. Mm. Not only that, she'd also started another business that was bringing her in. She was earning more money than she'd ever taken home from her previous job, as it were, in the company. And she was working less. Now, as of speaking, as of recording this right now, she's actually gone back into that business another couple of days because they've expanded and she's gone back in to train sales team. And that's a conscious choice that she's done. But the key piece was, was what lights you up? And I always start here. It's what brings you joy? What do you love doing? Now, when you're in that state where you're really tired, you're ill, you're stressed out beyond belief. And when somebody asks you what brings you joy, you laugh a bit hysterically. That's what she did. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, right. Exactly. Shut up. Haven't got time for joy. Right. But I set her that as the first piece of homework, if you like, that we did that week. And if you listen to this podcast, and I hope you're not in a similar position, you might be, maybe you don't have hives, but you might be stretched all, all hours of the day. Just to really sit down as a very practical takeaway tip, if you like, and just make a list of what lights you up. And these can be, it could be big things. It could be being on holiday with my kids. One of, one of her things actually was taking walks in the woods at the weekend with the two dogs, the kids and my husband. I love doing that. I love doing that. They could also be really tiny things like making a mug of tea and sitting holding that mug so it's really warming your hands. I love that feeling. It could be tiny. They don't have to be huge things. They don't have to cost money. But just to really get clear, and that was what she did that first week. The second coaching call, we looked at that list. And yes, it was accompanied by, well, I don't get time to do half of that. Because I will ask, when did you last do any of that? And then obviously the next week's homework is to do one of those things. And ideally one that doesn't take very much time. I also encouraged her to start journaling, which she'd never journaled or written or when do you have time for that? For goodness sake. She bought herself a notebook and she just started to write out. And I asked her to write what she really loved to be doing because we were also looking at what she wanted to be doing when she wasn't doing the five or six days a week in this current business. And out of that writing, what you're talking about, Marina, this quiet voice that knows, when we actually give that space to come out, it's quite phenomenal how we do already know, actually. We actually really do. And we give ourselves that space, it can come out. And I'll give you a really, really clear example of that from my own business here, which is writing. Um, 
I started to write in my journal that I wanted to run retreats, kind of thinking about back to meditation days and I'd run retreats then, but also that I used to go away with my ex-husband to a spa every now and again. I used to really, really love it. And I was like, oh, how could we do more of that? And over the space of a few weeks, it evolved in my writing into, well, what if I ran retreats at the spa and actually got to go there more often? That was already inside me, but until I gave it space to be written, it couldn't come out. So yes, it's all right for us too. We have our businesses and it's all fine and dandy. We don't have huge teams answering to us, you and me. What do you do if you're, you are running a team or you are at work? Truly, it's starting really, really small and just starting to get really clear what you do love, what does bring you joy. And I'm not saying that in a really simplistic way, like, oh, just write a list, you know, but start to really ask because when we are up to the hilt, when we're looking after kids, when we're answering a boss, when we're our own loony boss or, you know, have team asking us a million questions, that's the thing that goes. We're looking after everybody else, but we're not looking after ourselves. And we might have even forgotten, like the client I was talking about, truly what does light us up. But that is the starting place, just like you were talking about in January. You started doing the things that actually made you feel good. And out of that, look what happened. It's amazing to even see that or hear it. It is amazing. And often we we kind of, it is indoctrinated into us. Like there is a collective consciousness about working. And if you don't Mm -hmm. work, you're lazy and you know, you've got an image of a guy sitting on his sofa and eating potato chips <laughs> right. all day, right? Right. Um, but you know, what dawned on me was that my mother um, was a very type A and she was a ballerina. Wow. So she was very strict and determined and disciplined and that's how she led her life. And I mm. saw that as the way that you do it. Yeah. Yeah. So she would get up at five o'clock in the morning and wouldn't get to bed until one or two, get up again. And that's how she lived her life. Now, the, her experience of those hours was yeah. so crazy. Like mm-hmm. she didn't really enjoy them all that much. The, but I never realized how much of that I'd taken on. And actually what was interesting was it was revered. It was, it was revered. Yes. It was like, wearing a badge of honor to say yes these are the amounts of hours that I'm working oh yes. wow yes this is how much I've achieved yes. oh wow yes and this is who I am right like I'm I am this 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 person and I decided to experiment with not wanting kindly and gently letting that that train of thought mm be challenged because it was my yes. thinking that was a lap stopping me from from doing that and so even though I'm financially free yeah and I, I want to share this because you might already be financially free mm. you might be so or you don't even realize that you are and that was the mm. thing for me was that I was so worried that if I stopped that something bad would happen yeah or yes yes so I would distract myself so that I feel that I was working so that yes that thing that I thought would happen wouldn't happen. It was yeah. keeping me safe somehow. Yes. And then suddenly realizing that it was just a habit of thinking I was in yeah. and that actually I'd already created exactly what I wanted out of my life. Yes. But it was the constant thinking, overthinking of it that was stopping yeah. me from just really enjoying it. Yes. So yeah, 
it's amazing what happens that even the circumstances may not change on the outside, but you yes. get quiet and you start to realize things on the inside. Yeah. So Kate, for mm-hmm. someone who is on that hamster wheel and doesn't know how to get off, because I call it the hidden hamster wheel that you're, you're currently on. It's like more, 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 yeah. just a little bit more. And then it flings you off the top because you've tried to run too fast. It's like flop and then you're in the middle of it and then you have to get and up. And then you, you're attempting to get back on it again. It, it chucks you in the middle and then it's spinning you around for a while and you're like, oh, stand up, run, run, run. Because <laughs> right. we can get so caught up and, and be so addicted to our own thinking around yes. it. Um, how do we make that space? Like what, I mean, yes, get clear, but what if you're not even clear? And sometimes you don't even know you're in it. Yes. So I think the first thing is knowing you want to change it. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't, and you're quite happy, or you, if you don't, you won't. And then I can also hear like, yes, but you don't understand because I have to do these things. I do get that. There are, this isn't about stop everything and just let it all go. You know, if you're a mom, you have to look after your kids. If you are currently employed, there is a commitment to turning up at work. You can't just go, I just want to watch Netflix today. Woohoo. If you're running your business, there are probably, there are already things on your plate that you are committed to. So whenever I work with clients around this, we always start with what is now, you know, fine look at we can look in the future at setting your schedule how you'd like it to be but right now there's probably a diary filled with appointments that you've said you'll do this is not about just dropping those so the first thing marina really is a decision that's it it's that simple mm. don't worry about the how i think like you were speaking about with the overthinking stuff we so quickly go there but how could i make that happen i don't know how that's possible and then we get back on that hamster wheel right yeah. Number one, make the decision. Like if you take nothing else away from this call, that's it. Like make the decision. The how will come. If you're clear and you're focused and you absolutely want to make a change, the how will show up. In fact, it might already even be around you. A bit like you created that space. Then you thought, oh, I'll just go on LinkedIn. And then that woman was already around. Like she was there. Yeah, she connected with me like a month before. She was already in your experience. But when we're on that hamster wheel and we're just, the commitment is to just keep going, keep going, keep going. We don't even see the things that are around us. So that's why I say the first piece is the decision. The decision, I am not okay with this continuing the way it was. It's why the client I was speaking about was having this conversation with the client I had worked with and she you have to talk to Kate. Now she made the decision at that point, I cannot do this anymore. I can't see that how the hell it would change. I'm responsible to all these people. The business is doing this, but I know I cannot go on like this anymore. That's a really clear decision, which meant then she was committed to following through to making the change. Does that make sense? You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I totally get it. I mean, it's very like what happened in January for me, which was, okay, I'm done. Yes. Like there was so much over, there was so much yes. like static in my head and I was like, yes. I'm done. Yes. Yeah. Really clear. Yeah. Like it, you don't know how it's going to change. It just has to now. Yeah. Like bottom line. It's just not working, right? No, it's just no. not working. No, no, exactly. 
exactly that. So yes. And then we make a decision. And of course, we've got our old life and everything's happening as it's been happening. And the moment we make a decision like that, Marina, it's a new idea, if you like. It's a new, it's, but it's really clear. And then all kinds of things, and I don't know if you had this experience in January or February, all kinds of things might show up to kind of test that, like to test your resolve. Are you sure you're done? I don't know if this happened. Did that happen for you at all? Or were you like really clear and it didn't, it didn't show up at all? There were moments of huge discomfort, but then there are moments that I'd not experienced before where not doing much was just like sitting back on a really comfy sofa and yes. really enjoying not doing. So like, for example, a couple of weeks ago, Leonel and I decided, my partner and I decided he needed to go to opticians and mm. um, I took him there. It was a Monday. I mean, a Monday. Yeah. That's my work day. I um, know. <laughs> I know. I and, woke up um, yesterday on a Monday. I had a jacuzzi bath. It was like, yeah. I know. So and, then, and then we had lunch. I then had a little siesta because by yeah. that point I was like, there's no point doing any work today. And then I went back to the opticians um, and then we had a beautiful walk around the old town of Denia. It's beautiful. And I really felt like, really felt like eating pizza that night. And I wanted to eat a really good pizza, you know, a stone oven pizza. And there was yeah. a stone oven restaurant in Denia that I'd never been to before where they, it was an old oven that had been there for years and years and years. And it was just beautiful. And we had this amazingly beautiful day that just unfolded Yes, as I let it. Yes. I could have just got really in my head and going, you know what? I can't. Yes. I'm working. Yes. Yes. So, yes. So there's the decision. And then there's no so many opportunities to go. No, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, because and this like if, so. If you're watching this or listening to this right now, that decision is the first thing. Now your mind has been going at a million miles an hour. There have been all these things pulling your attention, and it has got into a groove, a way of thinking. Some of that, like Marina was talking about, you were talking about a minute ago, Marina is yes. Yeah, some of it we've inherited. When I was a kid, school holidays, you know, my friends were often out playing in the park. Well, I might go playing in the park, but then my mum, who was an ex-primary school teacher, would have me and my sister sit and write a project about it. And then, so every day during wow. the summer holidays, we had to literally write. And then we would get a present at the end of the summer holidays for having our project. <laughs> and, then, and then we'd take it into our teacher who had never asked us to do that. Um, so they would be impressed that we had applied ourselves during the summer. And it's like the whole training of you must always be doing something productive. You must always be doing something productive was really clearly there. So some of it's training, if you like, as, as kids too. And then some of it is, so even the thinking can come from that training too, but it's, some of it is also picked up as in you were talking about the culture and the way we are encouraged to keep going, keep going, achieve, achieve, achieve. And so our patterns of thinking, you spoke about it a minute ago, Marina, you said our habits of thinking. Mm. I picked up a phrase at the beginning of last year that I really loved. And it's such a gentle way of saying this. It's mistaken, like my mistaken ways of thinking. Mm. Not from a bad or wrong place, but just from a, oh, I've been thinking like that. And as you realized in January, it's actually not helpful. Now those thoughts will come back because we're used to them. 
A situation appears, right, I must get it done. A situation appears, I'm the only one that can do this. Oh gosh, nobody's that. Like they're habits. They are habits, like you said, but mistaken in that they're not actually bringing me what I want. And this is the thing I find with the women I work with a lot of the time is that even if they have been type A achievers, even if they have quite frankly achieved a lot in their life and or their business, that old way of like approaching stuff Mm. is no longer bringing the results that they really, really want to see. And they don't understand why. Because quite frankly, it's deeply frustrating when the way you've always had of approaching life and approaching tasks, the more you apply it now, it isn't working. And that, yeah, go on, you're going to say something just then. Yeah, I just can really resonate with that and Mm. not just in work. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And that's really where we look. It is at those patterns of thinking. It's because those patterns of thinking will have you totally run on the hamster wheel past that wonderful lady in India who's already connected with you on LinkedIn. Well, we won't see that because we're so busy doing the other stuff. Yeah, and I know what... And what occurred to me was that in the old marina would have just given her the article. Yes. Oh, it's a tick because there's somebody's asked you something. You've said you're doing it now. Tick, 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 it's done, tick. Right? It's off the list. Oh, right? thank God it's off the list. I can move yes. on to the next thing. Yes. Whereas you, exactly, you've created yourself the space to think. And I'm really present. We haven't even really talked about the gut here and gut response, which is I know what we said we'd talk about. And I know we're coming, we're coming towards the end here um, shortly too. But it, it is, you created yourself that space to think so you could respond when that opportunity showed up in front of you. Your head wasn't filled with, oh, I'm so stretched, I'm so tight, I've so got to, oh my gosh, right, just send her the bloody article quick, off it's gone. Done, tick, momentary achievement. Yes, I did that, good, I feel good about myself. But actually, it's not connected to the deeper part of you, to the part that's really here to serve, to the part that's actually here to really make a difference, to the part of you that actually enjoys human beings, that wants to have space and time to, you know, establish connection, to really find out what would be of best service here. Very much so. And I think this is where it comes to go. And for anyone that's listening and wondering, you know, we're talking about getting off that hidden hamster wheel. For me, it's been about having insights about what's not working. Yes. So kind of going, oh, an aha moment, a realization. You know, when you make that decision, it's like, this just, I'm done. That's an insight. Yes. And then listening to that. So the voice inside of me the other day when I got out of the shower said, go and speak to Rebecca. So Rebecca is a lady that has an amazing VA service and I, and I have one of, you know, my VA is from her business. Anyway, um, mm. turns out Rebecca's building a franchise business and we talked about, because I didn't know what we we're going to talk about. All I knew is, is I'd been told that I needed to contact her <laughs> and it's still not clear whether I will work with them or not. But the mm. point was this, that it was through that conversation that she saw that creating a program for a franchisees would be really valuable. Now, yeah. if we'd not had that conversation, she would have missed it. Yes. At the moment. She may have come, you know, she may have decided that she was going to do it in the future. But I've got a chat with her, one of her franchisees to see whether or not it might be a good fit. Um, yeah. But I guess once again, if I'd been too busy, oh, I can't do that. I might have forgotten but I wasn't doing very much at that time. So I was just like, well, what have I got to lose? I'll just write her an email and see what happens. 
Yeah. And that's, it's choosing, it's making the decision. You might need to reach out for some support with it because if we are on that treadmill, that hamster wheel, it it does take a different way of thinking. And actually to have the support of somebody that is saying, yeah, this new way of thinking actually can work can be very, very powerful because you might be surrounded by people that are like, oh no, you've just got to keep going. You've just got to keep going. Right. So making the decision and then really, I mean, if you are, we've talked a lot about type A here, but if you are somebody who knows, look, I just, excuse me, swearing again for a second. I just get shit done. I just, you know, don't worry about all the feeling stuff or whatever. I just get stuff done because I've got to, quite frankly, there's enough going on. Well, then apply that to being rigorous around following what really, really will have you create that new way. In other words, you make a decision, this is enough now. So then maybe you sit and like apply that way of thinking that you have really naturally about, well, how do I get shit done (laughs) into, well, what would support me not working this way anymore? What do I need? Like if you've got a planner brain, fine, feel free to brain dump that stuff. That's what I'm talking about journaling. I don't mean writing pages and pages. I mean something about pen on paper. Equally, you might want to go for a walk. If you're not a writer, you don't want to write, it's fine. Like do what works for you. But if you are somebody just that you feel like, I'd like to give that a go, pick up a pen, notebook, piece of paper, doesn't have to be posh at all, and just write, well, what would I like to do? Because actually that is creating space for you to think. And there's something about pen on paper, lets that part of you that already knows come out. And you might find yourself writing a whole load of stuff that really doesn't make very much sense at all. And that's okay. The lady I was talking about earlier, she's like, well, when do I have time to write? I don't have time to write. She's literally like, take two minutes. And then she comes to the call to go, well, I haven't written very much this week. I don't know what that means. And then gradually over time, this voice started coming out. She's like, oh, I've just had this idea. And because we were on a call together, no one else was hearing it. Her team at work weren't hearing it. She wasn't being held accountable for it by a boss or anything. She's like, oh, I had this idea about X, Y, Z. I don't know how that would happen, but then we'd talk about it. And that was really how her new business started. Mm. You know, she came on a retreat. She let herself actually just dream and talk out loud rather than just be, oh my gosh, I've got to get this stuff done. And actually by the end of that retreat was clear. Oh, this is actually what I want to do now. She is type A. She is an action taker. She'd registered it the next week. She got a bank account set up the week after. And within a month, she got her first client. Not everyone's going to do that, but she applied what she knew in her old way, you know, to the new. So make a decision, grab a journal, just start like one of the best ways of being around this. And Marina, I heard it with you with the LinkedIn example too, is being curious, Mm. be curious. And there's another word as well that comes in and you, you use this one too, Marina, courageous. Be curious, what would that take? Be courageous, I'm actually going to let myself even have this two minutes of space to write, actually, you know, or five minutes, or I'm going to go and stand outside the front door for 10 minutes with a cup of tea and allow myself to just think. Like that takes courage when you're driven by a task list. It takes courage to put yourself first. But that way of being, being curious, you don't have to know all the hows. And I'm just going to go back to that client once more, because I remember one conversation we had right at the beginning. She said, no, Kate, I I am somebody that has to have all their ducks lined up. I have to have plan A, B, C, D, E, F before I do anything, not just a plan B. And that's a way of thinking too. 
And that's something, you know, it also can bring great benefits when she was starting up a new business to have that way of thinking. But just to allow ourselves that space. I feel like we could talk for another like three hours about this, Marina, or do a kind of follow on or something. But, you know, it's like making that decision is the first step for sure. For sure. Yeah, that's what I'm, I'm hearing too, is that, yes, we could talk about this forever. <laughs> One last question I have for you, actually, yes. today, which is something that I love to ask everyone is, what are you giving yourself permission to do more of? <sighs> that's a lovely question. What am I so, giving myself permission to do more of? Truly nothing. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I, uh, well, you've got from bits of my life story that I've shared, it's, there's not been much space or time to do nothing. And even back to that kid on the summer holidays, you know, just, just playing without writing the project. What are you talking about? We have to write the project about playing <laughs> and get graded on it. So yeah, truly permission to do nothing. It's taken practice. It's taken sitting on the comfortable sofa, having the thought, I'm doing nothing. I should be doing something the washing needs doing. I should do the washing. That would be good. That's relaxing. I could do the washing. Yeah. No, sitting on the sofa, going for the walk. It's okay to do this. And it, I've had to quieten that chatter that's been very uncomfortable with just relaxing. <laughs> it's like, know, right? it's really not come naturally I, at all. No, it's, I totally get it. And, you know, yeah, I totally, totally get it. Yeah. Is it okay to do six hours a week? Like are people, oh, people might think, oh God, you, what are you doing? No, it's okay. It's okay um, to not send my newsletter. It's okay to do nothing. <gasps> sure. I know, right? Ah, and what <laughs> yeah, I realized that. is that we don't have to take our thing just because we think it doesn't mean we need to do it. So as a mum, I often think that because I'm thinking that I have to do this now or this now or this now, that means that I need to do that now. But actually, when I've let things wait, when I've let things just, I'm not going to do the washing up now. The world yes. hasn't ended and I get around to right. it later on. Yeah, well, you wake up the next day with a new burst of energy and yeah. suddenly what I'm would have taken you like an hour the night before because you were like, oh, yeah. it takes three minutes or five minutes. Maybe I'm exaggerating that slightly, 10 minutes, whatever. But it's quick and it's actually enjoyable. You stick some music on, you're like, wow, yeah, I did it. Yeah, totally. So Totally different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kate, if someone would love to contact you, they would love to get in touch with you, how can they do that? The best way is to drop me an email, kate, K-A-T-E, at kategerry.com. Kate is K-A-T-E-G-E-R-R-Y.com, kategerry.com. Depending when you're listening to this, I might have changed my name to Kate Kenny, which is my newly married name. But if you send an email to kate at kategerry.com, it will get forwarded on. Just don't be surprised if it comes back from Kate Kenny at the future, depending when you're listening to it. <laughs> um, the other thing you can do is go to my website i'm going to say it like that my holding page which is kategerry.com currently and again we'll make sure that's forwarded on if that changes there's a picture of me at the moment again it might have changed by the time you're listening to this but there will be a little box and if you put your name and email address in there that means that you'll receive my newsletter which i don't send every week and i'm not going to commit to exactly when i send it but i do send it pretty regularly and that will have news of what i'm up to retreats and events i'm doing and i always include a really practical takeaway tip in that newsletter that often is around how you can create more time 
joy and breathing space for yourself. So there's always something very, very practical in there. Once a stage manager, always a stage manager. I think you can't stay away from the practical too. So Kate at katekerry.com or katekerry.com for the uh, sign up for the newsletter. <laughs> hey, thank you so much for, for being here with me today and for taking time out of your four hour work week. <laughs> Thank you. So for everybody that's listening, I hope you enjoyed that. And yeah, we'll speak again next week. Bye-bye for now. Thank you so much. Bye. And there you have it. Another wonderful episode of The Joy of Being. If you loved what you heard here today and it's been helpful, why not subscribe or share the podcast with others? And if you're curious as to how you can experience more joy in your life and feel carefree, then I invite you to download your Joy Catalyst Scorecard at www.marinapearson.com scorecard, which will help you identify the joy gaps and what you can do to fill them. So until next week's episode, remember, you are the joy you seek.